You are listening to Scott H. Silverman's Happy Hour, a podcast released on the first three Wednesdays of the month. Family crisis, relationship crisis, addiction crisis, no two crisis situations are the same. They vary by family, individual, and relationship. They can encompass complex family dynamics, emotional distress, anger issues, and entitlements, and often involve substance abuse. This podcast addresses these issues and others surrounding the addiction epidemic currently plaguing this country and the world. There is hope and help. Are you stuck, scared, or unsure of what to do next? If a situation with a loved one, spouse, or even a child has started to spiral, possibly becoming dangerous or threatening, it's time to seek help. My name is Scott H. Silverman. I help families navigate crisis situations. I'm the person you turn to in order to get you and your loved ones unstuck. Okay, welcome back to the show. This is Michael Glenn Moore. I'm Scott's co-host. Now, once again, I'd like to mention how Scott and I met. I have another podcast called Inner City Like Yours, and I interviewed Scott back in September 2019 for Addiction Awareness Month. And we had an excellent show, uh, one of my favorite uh, guests and podcasts that I've done. And a mutual friend of ours, Steve Joyner, when uh, Scott was interested in starting his own podcast, kind of reconnected us because he said, you know, I could, with my experience, I could help Scott get started. And what we did was we built Scott H. Silverman's Happy Hour. So here we are. Scott, now we have another special guest today. Why don't you introduce yourself, give your phone number and so forth, and, uh, and then introduce our guest. I'll do that, Michael. Thanks so much for your patience, guys. I have had some technical difficulties today, evidently staying at home for the last six weeks, and I haven't been able to figure everything out. Scott H. Silverman, you, this is my happy hour with uh, Michael, who's my big support and puts all this together after the magic happens. And you can always reach me at 619-993-2738. That's 619-993-2738. Yourcrisiscoach.com is the website I want you to go to, yourcrisiscoach.com. Once again, Scotty Silverman, this is our happy hour. Well, today we have a, a really, I don't know what you'd call this person, uh, almost like a spaceship brought him to the planet. Uh, Tommy Sablon is his name. And when you Google this guy and you realize that he has spent his entire life finding ways and creating opportunities to help others and give of himself. I don't think I've ever met a person who spends as much time as he does helping other people. I mean, I'm a hopeless helper. And I think that Tommy probably is the national spokesperson of what that looks like. And we've known each other for many years here in San Diego. And Tommy's gotten huge accolades lots of uh, awards for his work in radio, and he usually takes the, um, the, the producer side. So getting him to talk today is something he's doing more of the last couple of years, but I'm really excited that he's going to tell us some of his story, share about what he's passionate about, and maybe some of the things that you know, drove that passion. But without further ado, Tommy, welcome to Happy Hour. Well, thanks for Googling me. It, it costs a lot of money to to pay someone to take the negative stuff off of Google, but uh, just kidding. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here to speak with you, Michael and, and Scott. You know, there's a large population in our world today at this very moment during the 
pandemic, the stay at home order, you know, shelter in place. There's people that are at home with only their thoughts going on in their mind. And, you know, I'm 13 years clean and, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I've thought about like saying, Hey, you know what? The world has never gone through this. You know, what if I, you know, who's going to, who's going to see me take that drink or, Hey, the world's going crazy. It might end. Maybe I can do that line of Coke that I miss so much. But then uh, I think of, of my past and I think of all the other struggling addicts having to be strong during this moment in time. And, uh, and I don't, and I'm very confident that I won't take that drink and I won't snort that line. But you know, if there's a problem, the only problem I really have is, you know, stress eating, which in all honesty is the same thing. So, uh, so there you go. It's, so, so Tommy, uh, yeah. you know, I have a, I have a similar issue with the last thing you mentioned there. Do, do you have special, what I call them Friday, Monday pants? They, <laughs> you know, they fit you on Friday, was, they also fit you on Monday. <laughs> you know, uh, trying on pants right now, let me tell you this. If you're barely fitting into your jeans right now or any type of pants, that's a win. If you can barely fit, that's a win. If you can't fit, that's a different story. But if you can barely fit in those big jeans, that's a win because you can fit in them. Wait a minute. I've, I've, I've been in sweatpants since I've been at home. So Monday, I actually have something I have to put on a pair of pants with a belt. So I'll be looking forward to, well, I'm not looking forward to it, but it should be interesting. I'm not even going to do a dry run. I'm going to wait till Monday to put them on. <laughs> so, so Tommy, you know, you, you've had so much experience in the world, uh, in, in a, not only in our community, but you know, dealing with a variety of levels of professionals and a variety of kids at schools. And I know you've, you've even done a TED Talk at you know, uh, California State Prison. So you've had a chance to really you know, get on that merry-go-round and, and meet a lot of people, pick that brass ring. And one of the things I know you do is when you get it, you give it to someone else saying, you know what, you, you can use this more than I can, go for it. So tell us, what is it you think in this current environment would, would people really want to hear uh, from, from someone who, has, who does what they do the way you do it? What would you want to tell people? What do you, but more importantly, because I know you know this, I believe you do, what is it you think people really want to hear right now with all the stuff that's going on, all the isolation, but all the things that are happening in our world? What do you think they really want to hear from someone uh, like yourself? that there's other people going through the exact same thing. The one thing that, you know, I debate in my head about is, you know, like, you know, am I the only one feeling this way? You know, am I the only one that's thinking, hey, it's terrible out in the world right now? You know, so maybe I'm going to have a pass at, uh, at using. I think people need to know that a lot of people are feeling that way and live day to day. Take that, you know, that one step of, of not using, you know, the same thing that we've learned over the decades from Bill W. all those decades ago, you know, once, one day at a time, still stays true to this during the pandemic, during the stay at home order. Just do it one day at a time, get to noon, get to midnight and not use because, you know, there's thoughts in our head thinking, you know, God, our world has never seen anything like this. So you know what? Who's going to know if I'm going to use? Well, you will know if you use, and, it's, and you are the only one that counts. 
you yourself, you know, is the only one that you should care about. Don't lie to yourself. You know, don't, don't, you know, don't bullshit yourself, you know, because uh, just because no one's looking, just because no one's out watching you, you know, don't pretend you can take that drink and still stay true to your sobriety. I'm an addict and I, and I'm addict, I'm an addictive person and I'm actually addicted to my sobriety. I don't want to start at day one. You know, I, I want to, I want to continue on, you know, I'm going past 13 years. You know, I want to celebrate 14. I want to celebrate 15. I don't want to start all over. And hopefully the, the, uh, the addict listening now, you know, the, the drug addict, the, the alcoholic or whatever, you know, we're right there with you. And, and you, you may feel that you're alone, but in reality, you're not. And yes, you can't go out to a meeting right now, the one that, you know, your favorite home meeting. But there are meetings you can go to right now, like the one we're having, you know, virtually. There's, there's meetings you can get inspired by people. You can call people like Scott, 619-993-2738. 619-993-2738. He gives out, that was the right number, right? He gives out, he gives out that number. And, and just talk to people, you know, who, if you're alone in your little apartment or home, that's, that's, that's actually pretty darn healthy during this pandemic, but you don't have to be alone through your telephone, your iPhone. You don't have to be alone, you know, through your laptop or zoom or uh, any other apps that may be out there. You know, there's AA meetings online now there's NA meetings. You know, you can still go to meetings, but you can do it in the privacy of your home. And, uh, and that's what we have to do right now. That's, that's really, really, really good sound advice. You know, Tommy, um, y y you're a producer at a local television station. And, you know, periodically you invite me on. It used to be every week. But then, of course, I must have irritated somebody. And, I, <laughs> and you know, and, and then, and then you, you know, you, you, I always ask you, how, how did it go? And you always said, well, you know, you did great. And then I, you know, what do you think? And I say, I always wait to see if the phone will ring. And then the next day I talk to you and we check in with each other. And I'm always curious why, you know, the phone doesn't ring. So what I'd like you to share, because, you know, when the phone does ring, it's usually a family member who's watched the segment mm -hmm. or it's usually a family member who's at home now, especially watching uh, what's going mm -hmm. on with their loved one, because everyone's pretty much in lockdown. I mean, mm -hmm. domestic violence is up like we've never seen before, but people aren't making phone calls, I understand, from the community, simply mm -hmm. because the person who's causing the problem is right next to the person who's the victim. So oh, what, yeah. what would you tell family members right now? Because that was really good advice. Get on the meetings, you know, and I wanted to, I wanted to press you before you answer that other qu the question I just gave you. When, when you say to somebody, and I heard you say it, you know, don't, don't pick up that, you know, drink or drug. Don't get loaded. Just get through midnight. And you know, I wanted you to give mm -hmm. them some tools. And you added a couple tools, but I'm sure there's some others. But I want you to take the slant of the tools now towards the family. You know, you're Johnny's significant other. You're the mother, brother, sister, aunt, uncle. You know, but you're able to you're able to think and process, and you're watching something happen. What would you tell that family member? How could they not necessarily rescue that person, but be a lifeguard when they see somebody who is drowning? And I'm not talking about doing interventions. I'm talking about simply saying to a loved one or mm -hmm. giving them some feedback. What would you tell that family member? Because they're the ones who suffer 
just as much as the attic. Mm -hmm. The attic, luckily, and I know because I'm mm -hmm. in recovery, we get to numb ourselves. You know, we're under anesthesia. We're self-medicating. But the other family members, they have to witness mm -hmm. that. Their pain sometimes is even greater. So what would you tell the family? Well, I know that firsthand because although my mom is a saint and she's in heaven and my mom never touched an illegal drug at all in her life, my mom died from heroin. My mom died because she had two older brothers or she had two older sons, my, my two older brothers, that died of long-term heroin use. So yeah, if one person in the family is addicted, it's the whole family. I'm the younger brother of two heroin addicts. And what I would tell that parent or the spouse or the little brother of, a, of, of someone struggling, I would say to continue to love that person and to support that person. But the way you support is very important because I'm guilty as a child, as a teenager through the years, when my brothers were in their addiction heavy into heroin, I just wanted them to be okay. So I would give them money. You know, I wanted them to be okay at the party. So I'd give them 20 bucks. Um, I wanted them to be nicer to my mom. So I'd give them both $20 so they can use so they would be okay. Because when a heroin addict doesn't use, it's terrible. You know, they don't just have a monkey on their back. They have Godzilla on their back. And so I would tell the person, um, you know, struggling with how to handle their loved one that's using is to still support them. But, you know, tough love. Talk with them and say, hey, you know, I still believe in you. You can do it. But you know what? I'm not going to give you that 20 bucks to go get high. You know, I, I, I love you. You're, you know, your blood, you're my, you're my brother, you're my son, but, but you got to stop. And just like anything, it isn't up to the family member to get the person off the drugs. It's the person. It's that, it's the person. It's me. It's, it's, it's if the person's struggling, they're the ones that need to do it. They're the ones that have to do it. If they can find it upon themselves to say, okay, now it's time, then, then God bless them. You know, when you bought them out, you bought them out. There's so many times where addicts and family members bullshit you and they say, yeah, this is it. No more. You know, do they really mean it? Time and time again, we all hear stories of being lied to. And one thing that my mom did was she always loved my brothers. Even when my brothers were stealing from the house and hawking and pawning everything off to get that $20 they needed a day, my mom still loved them. And it's, it's, a, it's a terrible thing. You know, love the person you care about that's struggling and support them, but you can't help them with their addiction problem. Well, you know, I agree with you, but I would like to add that you can't help them with their addiction problem. What you can, though, is you can help them with the path to recovery. Something yeah. interesting I hear from families all the time is, you know, I'm working with somebody right now, and they physically separated for a day or two, and then they went back. And I asked, you know, they called me. I'm, you know, I'm their crisis coach right now and family navigator. And I said, so why would you go back? Well, he promised me he was going to quit this time. <laughs> you know, yeah. and 
but on his own. Could you imagine someone who is struggling with an addiction in this environment, you know, isolated at home, trying to do this on their own? I mean, it's just, when I hear people say, I, I can, I've done this before, I can do it again. I know I, you know, I can get sober, I can stop using heroin. And, you know, what I, my experience is when they try to do that, they get sick. And when you get physically sick like that, you, you're not going to lay there in pain. You're going to find a way to fix it. What's your experience been when you've seen that with others, when they say, don't worry, um, I, I'm, you know, my, my brother's going to quit on his own. My sister's going to quit on their own. My, my mom promised she stopped using. And then, it, I mean, obviously you can't make people do something, but you certainly can reach out and ask for help on behalf of that family member. What are your thoughts about that? That asking for help piece. You know, I, I still stand by, you know, the person struggling needs to do it, them, do it on their own. The person struggling, when I say do it on their own, that they do need to say, okay, I need help. You know, yes, you can help them once they say that and then guide them and maybe, you know, help them get that attention and find those Scott Silvermans to help them. But if you're a family member and that person you love is messing up and screwing up and using, you can't say, okay, now you're going to go get help. Oh, that's never going to work. What will work is if the person struggling says, okay, I do want help. What, what do we do next? That's when you can say, all right, let's go find those people. And those people are the Scott Silvermans um, of the world. There's so many people that can help, you know, everyone that's uh a sponsor of someone, they wouldn't want to help. But, uh, but I also feel when you said when someone gets sick, they're going to try to do something and, you know, take care of that problem. I believe in miracles. And my brothers, Ray and Frank, when they were uh, heroin addicts, I thought for sure they would either, you know, die using or be in prison. I never thought um, my brother Ray and Frank would get off heroin. As a child growing up in the 70s, I was told or I learned that heroin was a different demon. You know, yes, I believe someone that's smoking weed can get off, can stop. I think someone that can, that's using Coke or Crystal can, can stop when they want to. I truly believe that. But when it comes to an opiate, <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, heroin or Oxycontin, if someone wants to stop, it's a freaking miracle to, to stop it. it. It isn't like, okay, I'm going to stop and then stop. Because heroin and opiates not only takes your body physically, it gets your soul. And, and that's what you have to deal with is the soul of it all. And my brother Ray, my brother Frank did get off heroin. And it's a true miracle. And the way they did get off heroin was going to meetings every day. They didn't just go to meetings every day. They went to meetings all the time during the day, a couple meetings a day. And that's, that's the beauty of it all. And that's the situation we're in because AANA, you know, they're changing right now. The local church isn't having a circle of chairs right now, you know, or that, that one little, uh, area that one meeting place doesn't have a circle of chairs it's uh it's the it's the circle virtually now and that's and that's what we need to tell people is 
you can go to meetings, but now you got to figure out how. Yes, you guys know how to do virtual meetings. You guys know how to log on Zoom, but there's millions of people, millions of struggling addicts that aren't online, that do not have the luxury of an iPhone. And that's the scary part. Where are they right now? You know, there's an addict right now uh, in their room, in their apartment or wherever that doesn't have a television. They don't have a television. They don't have the luxuries that we all do. Those are the ones that we're worried about. And they're very, very hard to get to. And, and probably, you know, in some ways, the upside of that last statement was the fact that they don't have a television is probably a good thing. If you're watching the news right now that's going on, the depression that's going on, the anxiety. I mean, I've, I'm on a lot of Zoom meetings, and I hear about it from people who are still connected uh, or finding a way to connect. But you're right. There's a lot of people out there who can't connect. I mean, there's no one in the homeless community right now in our community. You know, the homeless vet wandering around the streets that don't have a phone. And, you know, and yeah, maybe they're in a shelter, maybe they're not, but, you know, getting access to help uh, is critical and it's really important. You know, you, you've done a lot of this type of thing with the media and you've met a lot of different talented people and you, you've, you've, you've done a ton of uh, volunteer work and worked with the, you know, the underserved, the underprivileged, the, the, you know, I used to call them, you know, when I was a homeless provider, the, the community's throwaways. And now we have such a level of need at, at, you know, at any level, because this particular virus um, has impacted everybody, whether you own a company or you work for a company, if you're out of work or, or you're in work or you were in work and now you're not working, everyone's been impacted by this. Oh, yeah. What question, you know, would you, and you'll be answering this and asking yourself, but what question would you like me to ask you that you would like <laughs> to respond to? That might be helpful, you know, as an inspirational thought process for people out there that are going through whatever they're going through. Do you understand my question? It's kind of like if you had a magic wand and you could ask or say anything, what would that look like right now, right here? Well, the question would be, what have I experienced? And my answer isn't about my life, honestly. It's about my, my brothers. I'm the younger brother of two heroin addicts and it's their story that i believe will inspire people you know when i was a little boy i would be in the driver's seat of my mom's car and my brother either one of them they would be uh driving the car and we'd pull over and then uh, before i would run out of the car to go play i would uh hold the spoon in my left hand and one of my brothers would hold a, a, a lighter <clears throat> and, uh, and the heroin in the spoon and they would light it up and they would be cooking their heroin when I was like seven, eight years old. And back then in the seventies, growing up in Chula Vista, California, I thought that's what every family did. I thought that's what every younger brother did was hold the spoon for their brother to get um, high off of heroin. But um, little did I know that that wasn't the case. And as I'm older now, I'm 55. But when I was a kid, I would see all that. My brothers used heroin in front of me. Although I've never touched the drug, heroin is a big part of my life. You know, I've never used heroin, but in a way I did just through my brothers, Ray and Frank. And as I was a child, then became a teenager into my 20s, into my 30s, into my 40s, 
you know, I was mad at my brothers, but I loved them. I loved them. Then I hated them. I loved them. Then I hated them. I loved them. And I hated them. And today I miss them because they're both in heaven. But the beauty of it, although I was wishing my brothers would go to prison, you know, there was a time when prison was actually a positive thing. I was actually thinking, God, I wish my brothers would go to prison so they can get clean. I wish my brothers could go to jail so they can have structure to their life. That's how bad it was. And so I, I didn't believe in my brothers because they would always steal from my mom. And so when they decided to get clean, I still didn't believe them. And then they did. And it's the miracle of AA. It's the miracle of NA. It's the meetings that they had the luxury, you know, when they were around to go to a meeting down the hall, you know, down the block. They can sit in that circle. Right now, people can't, but you can still use that process to get clean. You can still figure out how to Zoom, how to talk to people like Scott Silverman, you know, perhaps and Michael. And you can figure out you know, where are those meetings? Every single day we get closer and closer to normalcy. You know, beaches are open, parks are open. So if parks are open, maybe we can gather one day again. And the message is, even though as a family member, you may not believe in the people or person struggling right now, you know what? Hopefully they can prove you wrong. You can create miracles just by believing in people. And, and, and my brothers are a miracle. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this right now, you can be the miracle. You can be the miracle. You can prove people wrong. You know, I grew up poor in Chula Vista. And all my life, people are saying, ah, you can't do that. Ah, you'll never do that. You can't do that. You know what? I kind of prove people wrong. You can prove people wrong right now that have given up on you. If there's someone in your life right now that has given up on you, that is that you may have done wrong, and they don't believe you, when you say to your, when you say out loud, you know what, I am getting clean, I'm going to get help. You know what? There's probably a lot. There's a handful of people, if not more, that say, yeah, right. You can prove those people wrong, and sobriety is a beautiful thing. I have chosen sobriety because I wanted to pay tribute to my brothers, but I'm also no angel. Although I didn't do heroin, I did a lot of coke. I did a lot of crystal. I'm from the 70s. I'm from the 80s. You know, and so here I am in my 40s thinking I was the good brother. But in reality, I was a hypocrite. Yes, I was mad at my brothers for doing heroin while I was snorting a line of coke. And it, didn't, it took a few decades to say, hey, I was just as bad. Who am I to say my brothers were bad because they did heroin while I'm snorting a line of cocaine. I was a hypocrite, but I didn't know it. So today, you know, my brothers, Ray, Frank, and myself, you know, I wish I could go back into a time machine when we were all kids saying, hey, don't use because uh, we're going to die. And don't use because mom's going to die. And mom's going to die of a broken heart. So if you're someone struggling and you love your mom, your motivation could be your mom, you know, because uh, I was raised by my mom. My mom's in heaven and she died because she missed Ray and Frank so much. And that sucks. That's awesome, Tommy. Thank you for sharing that. So 
let me push you a little bit to keep it simple for the families out there. If you could give them one, maybe two suggestions, the top, based on your experience, because, you know, people seem to always want to look for something easy when there's something complicated going on that's gone for years. I hear it all the, well, I want to, I asked the magic wand question. I wanted to get better by Monday. Well, they've been in this for years. It won't happen that quickly. Just like if you were diagnosed with diabetes, you know, you're going to have to monitor your blood sugar level every day for the rest of your life, but it's only a few minutes. And then you've got to mm -hmm. give yourself insulin and see the doctor. So what would be the top two tips you could offer a family right now when they hear this over the next, you know, week or two when we share it with them? What would you tell them? Number one, do this. Number two, okay. you know, that. What would that be? You know, there's a reason why Bill W. <laughs> decades ago, Scott, you probably know the history. I don't know if it was the 30s or 40s or whatever, the 50s. but the phrase, you know, that we hear all the time, the phrase that's on a lot of keychains, the reason why it's on a lot of keychains, there's a reason why it's on a lot of, you know, rocks or, or up on your wall one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Take it one day at a time. I mean, there's a reason why they say that in that it's the motto of AA and NA. It's because that's the message. The message is just take it one day at a time. And if one day at a time overwhelms you, then take it hour by hour. Take it one hour at a time because uh, it works. And the more days you get, the easier it does get. And yes, you know, when you have Godzilla on your back, heroin sick is a, is a, is a demon. Heroin sick is terrible. There's a difference between, you know, alcohol sick, marijuana sick, crystal sick, cocaine sick. Heroin sick is a different animal, and I believe you can still get off it if you simply don't use. You know, just don't use, you'll come out of it, and, uh, and, I, and I've seen it. So one day at a time is the simple message, I would say. And also, the other thing is there are people that want to help you. The Scott Silvermans, you know, 619-993-2738. Yes, you know, he wants to help. You know, you can find Scott. You can, you know, you can Google Scott Silverman and he will help you. And yeah, he is on KUSI all the time. He's full of crap saying he used to be on every week. But, uh, <laughs> but you're going to be, you're, you're on regularly and we love Scott Silverman. It's, and the reason why Scott goes on television and on the radio all the time is because he loves to help. And, you know, just like, what did Mr. Rogers used to say? Find the helpers. And I hope you find Scott Silverman because he's one of the helpers. Well, I think that's a, a great place to end where we're at. Michael, let me throw it back to you. Okay. Uh, very good <laughs> interview. Uh, and Tommy, thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us. To end our show, we like to have our guest give a positive quote or a positive affirmation. Uh, so if you have one, would you like to share it now? Well, all I want to say in a, you know, a positive message is we've never been through any of this. You know, we're at home. You know, we're supposed to stay home. And it's an incredible time right now. I mean, we're living in a movie. We're living in a 
in history. I mean, we're, we're living in, you know, when we see movies about the depression, 1929, you know, and, and the, and the black market and all that stuff, that's what we're living in right now. And from those times, people do prevail. There are people that will come out of this as leaders. There will be people that come out of this successful because we're, we're at the very bottom. You know, when we talk about drugs and using, you know, we bottom out, you know, a high bottom, low bottom, whatever. Our world has bottomed out right now. And stay true to your sobriety. If you haven't started your sobriety, start now. And right now, we can all prevail and get out of this pandemic and get out of the stay-at-home order and even be more successful than ever. You know, right now, the bar is low. The bar is low to be successful. So find it in yourself to stay true to yourself and be sober. And then one day at a time, I believe all of us can be successful because the world has changed. And hopefully you can change along with it and uh, ride it out and be successful.